Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. said to get his people under the anointing, under the glory this year. There's been a bombardment from hell to try and steal hope, crush dreams, destroy lives, every wicked thing and every scheme, but God says he's not scared. And he's looking for a bride that would stand, and so we decided that we were going to be an oasis as the Lord had called us for his presence to pour out in Claremont, Lake County region, and we want to invite everybody to these revival weekends. It's open to the public. It's not really just a river church thing. It is just for the body of Christ to come and be filled up. Amen. So if you are not family with the church, it doesn't matter. You are family to us in the family of God. And so we welcome you tonight and we, we, we're thankful for your hunger and thirst in the place. Amen. I believe that this year is going to be the craziest year you've ever seen. In a good way, too. I really do. I believe crazy things are happening. It is the most heightened spiritual climate I've ever witnessed. I mean, seriously, we're right in the thick of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, when, I, when we preached in India, India and Pakistan were at war, and we would hear bombs, like artillery shells every night just blowing up. And at first, we, were, we, we didn't know what it was, and it was like, what is that lovely sound? It's like fireworks all the time. They're like, no, no, those are artillery shell uh, taking out anti-aircraft. you know, aircraft. Oh, okay, where is that? That's just a few miles that way. Oh, so glad you invited us to preach here. Amen. But um, I feel like that in the spirit. The enemy's lobbing missiles, and God's like, got that one, got that one, got that one, got that one. And the whole time he's got it, God is not on the defense either. He's on the offense, and he's like, yeah, you're over there waging your warfare, but I'm plowing ahead right here, and my church is coming through. You know, the term breakthrough that we use in the church, how many people, we just sang it, breakthrough in my heart, breakthrough in my mind, breakthrough in my mind. You know, nobody knows what Eddie James is actually saying there. We just, we just get going with it. We just wait for him to start doing the shuffle, and we join in, right? Go, Eddie, go, 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 go. Breakthrough in my mind, breakthrough in my mind. Just agree. Breakthrough is a military term. It's not a church term. Breakthrough is a military term. It signifies where a defensive line has been held for a long time. A breakthrough, meaning in a military term, is when the offensive team is able to puncture the defensive line and in a short amount of time come from behind and overwhelm the enemy to totally dominate what used to be held off from them. So when we talk about breakthrough, I think that 2021 is a breakthrough for the church of Jesus Christ. If you believe it, shout amen. Come on. I'm going to just go into things tonight. Hitherto, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive that your joy may be full. Amen. Who is grateful for the times that, I mean, who in here has ever just had, you've asked the Lord for wild things and like God does it for you. Or you've ever just desired something and you actually didn't even tell someone about it, but the Lord brought it to pass because he loves you that much. Wave your hand at me. Look at this. See, that's the God that we serve. Isn't he wonderful? Let's just take a little while and boast on him. Come on. God, you're so good. 
We love you in this place. We exalt you. We exalt you. You are mighty. We lift you up. Lift you high above any problem, high above any government, high above any, any, any political party, high above any bank account number. You are high above it all. We exalt you, God. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. The heavens obey you, God. The waves bow before you. The mountains tremble when you speak. The lightning goes where you send it, God. That's who you are. We boast in you tonight, God. We honor honor your presence. We honor you, Holy Spirit. We honor you, Holy Spirit. We say, have your way. Have your way. This is your house. You're number one. You're our leader. Jesus. Jesus. Come on. I, I mean, just keep stirring it up right now. I mean, we're going to get into something, but just keep stirring it up. There's, it's thick right here. Come on. I mean, I'm telling you. Wreck them, Jesus. Wreck us, Jesus. Come on. Come on. You told Jeremiah you are anointed before you were even formed in your mother's womb to root out, throw down, pull down, and destroy. We thank you, God, for the anointing to break every yoke of bondage. Every yoke of bondage, God. Any little shred of doubt that's held us back. Any, any, any unforgiveness that we've held on to and, Lord, we've tried to get over. Tonight, you're lifting that off of us. Any scar on our heart from abuse, you're mending that broken heart. It is stronger than it's ever been before. Come on. These are not words written on a Bible just for us to read. These are everlasting words written on the tablet of our heart that are the plumb line of everything we believe. You're a healer. You're a divine, supernatural God. You speak to us in our spirit. And Holy Spirit, I say as I speak tonight, may you speak to your people individually. May everyone have spiritual ears to hear. May any blockage in this place any blockage whatsoever and a, a mindset, a, 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 a stronghold in the mind, may it be broken now. As I minister your word tonight, God, may you take, a, take authority over these strongholds and break them out of our lives so that we would see right and think right and know right, God. May you have your way in this place. Any demonic assignment that might have wandered through the door, we, we render it powerless right now. We say, enemy, you are exposed you are powerless within the, in, the, in the army of the Lord. And we just declare there is freedom in this place for God to move. We will not resist you, God. We will respond to you with an open heart and faith on the inside saying, do what only you can do. Jesus. I felt led to actually share tonight. It's not so much a sermon. It's actually just a principle I picked up in my life. You know, the Bible's pretty clear that any, any, any great thing you've ever seen in the body of Christ, any great leader, never got that way by luck. It's not by luck. The Bible's the Proverbs says we can cast the lots, but the Lord determines the value. Really, God's in control. And we read in Acts chapter 10, and we understand that the principle of heaven is simple. God is not a respecter of persons in the sense of pedigree, education, money level, uh, race, 
nationality, anything like that. God is not a respecter of any of that. He's a respecter of one thing, and that is faith. It just takes faith to tap into the supernatural things of God. And the Bible says that without faith, it's what? It's impossible to please Him. So you have to operate in faith. And as, I, as I've been in the ministry, I've seen so oftentimes how quickly people of faith can switch to fear. And they don't even realize that they switch to fear. But fear, when you start operating in the realms of fear, you're basically trying to protect what you've got. And you're afraid of losing it. Let me tell you, the kingdom of God does not operate in fear. The kingdom of darkness operates in fear. The enemy wants to trick you into believing that you have to defend your life and defend what God has given you. But the truth is, God says, operate in faith, keep your eyes on me, and I will continuously pour out. My blessings will overtake you. Amen. Who can, who can testify the blessings of God have overtaken you? Who can say you even fell? You fell, and the enemy really had you snared up. And then the grace of God swooped in and totally broke it once again. And you're standing here tonight saying, I'll boast on the Lord every time above my own ability. He is faithful and he is always faithful. And I wanted to share tonight about the fact that faith is so important for us to operate in. Faith is like a spiritual muscle that has to be exercised. If you don't use your muscles, they're going to get weak. Anybody realize that? Okay. So you have to use what God gives you. You expect to get it strong. And a lot of believers, unfortunately, don't train themselves to always function in faith. They actually only step into faith when things look bad. If you only step into faith when things look bad, you will spend your whole life on the defense trying to obtain what you don't want to lose. But God gave faith to the church so that even in tough times, but really in good times, we still operate in faith to continue to take territory in our lives. And personally speaking, you can operate in the realms of faith for many different things. Whether it's supernatural healing, whether it's operations of the prophetic that you've been believing God for, whether it's operating in faith to, to tap into business, to get strategic ideas, investing, whatever it is. You can operate in faith in countless different ways. Everybody with me? Faith is where you're pulling on the things of God. You're pulling on the wisdom of His Word, on His character, on the truth of what He says, and, and pulling from heaven to see it operate here on this earth. Anybody ever done this in, in the realms of business, so to speak? One time my wife and I invested everything that we had, which was not a lot. But we invested it to buy scooters, okay? Because a Nigerian man, now you know it's shady when you start with Nigerian, no, I'm just joking. A good friend of mine, he's a great friend. He had a word from the Lord. He says, I think we should, we should buy scooters. And that's the word that the Lord gave him. I said, let's buy scooters. Well, we give him all of our money and we don't hear from him for months. And we're like, it is a Nigerian scam. But every night... And this was a time in our life when it was so desperate for finances that we, we had a strict budget. And at the end of the month, we had $6 left over if we followed the budget to the T. Do you know what $6 will get you? Nothing. <laughs> and so, I mean, we were like strict and we have nothing. So every night we're holding hands and we're like, Father, we thank you that our scooters are blessed wherever they are. 
Lord, bless them scooters. Let them scoot for you, Jesus. I mean, we were, we were, we had no, nothing in the natural. We were like desperate every night. Let's, babe, did you pray for the scooters? No, let's pray. We're blessing scooters. Finally, months go by, and I get a hold of him, and I was like, bro, what's happening? Have we sold any scooters? He's like, oh, I've been so overwhelmed selling so many scooters. We're on our fourth shipment in from China. We've been selling them as fast as we can stock them. This has been the best money maker I've ever had. You're going to be so excited when you get your check. And I'm like, babe, the scooters are blowing up. <laughs> operating in faith. And you should always be operating in faith in your personal life. Do not only operate in faith when things look bad. If things are really good right now, you say, I'm blessed, my household's blessed, stay in faith. Because God wants to increase you. Because the more ground you take from the enemy, the more you're building the kingdom of heaven here on this earth. And that is the command from our Father above. Amen. Stay in faith. Let me tell you something. As a minister of the gospel and as a pastor, you, I operate in faith all the time in my personal life because we trained ourselves. But I also operate in faith all the time for this ministry. Always. There is never a day we are not believing God for something. We call in people to worship. I mean, it's like we call in people to serve. We call in people with talents. We call in architects. We call in finances. We call in property. We, I mean, the staff, no, we are always calling stuff in. We never, ever have a time where we're not operating in faith saying we're believing God for this. We had a vision board up. We just cleared that vision board out, didn't we? It's all gone. So now we got to get a greater vision. You have to have this. And what I'm challenging you tonight is two things. Operate in faith in your personal life. Say, but things are good. Things can always get better. Amen. Any area of your life that's not perfect is an area that you can operate in faith in to see it get better. Do you believe it? Shout amen. Come on, it's, I'm feeling resistance. People don't like this. They're like, can't we just enjoy what we got? You can. I'm not saying be disgruntled. But I'm saying stay in faith that it can always get better. The Lord has more in store for you. Do you believe that you have, you've tapped out the resources of heaven? Okay, good. I'm going to start with 3 John 1, 2. In the Passion Translation, it says, Beloved friend, I pray that you are prospering in every way and that you continually enjoy good health just as your soul is prospering. So to stir you up tonight, if it ain't great, if it ain't, is there an area in your life that's not prospering right now, your health your finances, your marriage, your relationships, your career, whatever it is, this is an area that is green light for you to operate in faith. You say, what if everything's prospering? Then stay in faith that the blessings of God will continuously overtake you. Amen? Now, but my challenge is, believe God personally. We have people that are getting married. They've been believing God for things in their wedding. Supernaturally, ridiculous favor. I'm telling you, we didn't have that. These guys are tapping into something that we never even knew about. We had pancakes. They're going to have filet mignon at their wedding. And I'm going to sit there and be like, see, babe, I gave you pancakes. I'm giving you filet mignon now. I told you stick with me one day, and I won't say the rest. I'll have you farting through silk. Amen. She didn't marry me for my money. She didn't marry me for my looks. I don't actually know why she married me, but I'm grateful that she did. 
if it ain't great, it's not your stopping place. I want you to take a moment, just take, take note of your life right now. Any area. Because the Bible says, I pray that you are prospering in every way, Thatcher, every way. Do you know what every way means? That's right, it means every way. Does it mean some ways? Most ways? Majority of ways? Minority of ways? Every way. Every, just tell the people. Every way. Okay. So in every way, you're supposed to prosper, whether it's your marriage, your children, your finances, your career, your property. Children, big one. Big one. Let's talk about that a little while. We even read it last night. David said, I've been young and I've been old, but I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. You see, there's an area that you're supposed to operate in that is a generational blessing where you are like, not only if the Lord tarries, my children will go further than I'm ever going to go. I speak it over them every night. I pray over our kids every night. In fact, I, 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 my kids won't even go to bed until dad prays for them. And sometimes you're so tired, you're like, why did I train them this way? <laughs> pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Now, now you got to pray for me, and then I'll pray for you. And they pray for me. Yeah, Lord, bless daddy with good dreams. Touch him tonight, Lord. May he wake up strong and healthy. And I'm like, go ahead. But I always pray blessings over them. And I actually had a revelation on that. Because what did Jesus say to the people when he sent them out? Praying a blessing, we just think, man, I bless you in Jesus' name. He literally said, you go into a city, you find an honorable house. And if that honorable house will take care of you, you put your blessing on it. If they don't, you take your blessing back. Think about how potent that is in the kingdom of God. We go around, people sneeze, and we're like, bless you. You better take it back if they didn't honor you. If they sneeze in your direction, I ain't blessing you. No, it's, but it's a powerful covenant that our words carry supernatural authority. So areas of your life that you operate in, but I'm calling you now, not only personally, but as I spoke last night, a personal call for revival. May the body operate in faith for the kingdom of heaven to advance Right now. Come on. I was talking to Antonia. There was a time, and this is in, in, in my lifetime, when, when Benny Hinn had a church in Orlando. And people would wait outside the door for hours just to get into the building. Where has that hunger gone? Just because he moved to Los Angeles, everybody in Orlando loses the hunger for the things of God. So who are you worshiping? The Lord? Or a minister of the Lord. And I'm not knocking anything, but I'm saying, may the church stir that hunger back up. We're like, how did we get where we got? Because we weren't operating in faith. And the enemy had a strategy, and he just went ahead and did it. While the church is busy walking over here and trying to do things everywhere, we should operate in such supernatural faith that we are already well advanced before the enemy even arrives. So that he can never take us out. My challenge you to tonight is to grow your faith. The Bible says in Jude 1.20, it says, But you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. There are two commands in this. Number one, to build each other up in our most holy faith. And secondly, to pray in the power. you got to say it like an African. Power. Of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) 
build up our faith. Build up our faith. I read my, my, my prayer last night in Bible college. And I was like, may I constantly grow in you. Kenneth Hagin said he would be disgusted with himself if a year from when he said it, he was not stronger in his faith than he currently was. We've got people that have been serving God 60 years and are doing less now than they were when they first got saved. It's getting real up in here. Me and you can, then I started, that's why I started. People are like, well, maybe it's luck in the kingdom of God. Maybe just certain people the Lord just shines a light upon and, and they break through in areas and they were talented. And of course they had all these advantages and all of these things. And you can make every reason why, but forget all of that. Because God is not a respecter of persons. If he's done it for one, he'll do it for you. But you've got to believe it. Do you believe it? Say amen. amen. Believe it. Believe he's the healer. If he's healed, if he healed all in the years past, if he raised the dead, he'll do it through you. Come on, somebody. If he raised up people in business, he can raise you up in business. If he's given people prophetic dreams, he can give you prophetic dreams. Come on. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells on the inside of you. Do not settle for the mediocre things that the world teaches you is the pinnacle of the kingdom of God. Because God is a record-breaking God. He broke the mold when he made you. And there's nothing that should be a limitation in your, in your life. But if you have small thinking then you'll ask for small things. And then when you get it, you'll have small things. But if you have big thinking, the mind of Christ, to dream big, boast on the Lord. Because he even said, "As I can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. Our God is big. And when you get a comprehension of big, he's bigger than that. He's bigger than anything we've ever dreamed, figured out, read about. He's big. So what I did, I taught myself when I was first young in the Lord to grow. I, I created a faith exercise. So we're, tonight we're going to lift our faith muscles and, and do a workout. Amen. You ready to get a little sweaty in here? Dancing to the oldies. <laughs> My mom used to make me dance with Richard Simmons. I apologize. <laughs> Truth moment. Who, who also has done workouts with Richard Simmons? Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Afterwards, we're going to have a club, bro. We're going to go get our Daisy Dukes. We're going to get our perms. We're going to get a little sweatbands, and we're going to go to it. And you know what? When everybody else is sitting down in worship because they're tired, we're going to be going strong. <laughs> the apostles said to the Lord, Luke 17, 5, show us how to increase our faith. So is there anybody in here that you, that's where you're at right now. You're like, Father, I want to grow in my faith. I've, I've been proud to believe what I believed in you and seen it operate, but I'm asking, Lord, to take me to another level. Come on, stir that thing up. There was a man by the name of George Mueller that used to build orphanages and take care of people. And he would believe God. And, and he, would, he was later to say after he built many orphanages and called in millions of dollars to build these things many years ago. But they said, well, what's the secret? He said, well, my faith grew. 
And when I started believing God, it would take me all week to pray in $100. But now the same amount of time, I can pray in $100,000. See, a lot of people want to get to million-dollar faith, but you don't even have $10 faith. you got to start where you're at and stop playing games. The church is so fake that we never break through. And then we're like, why isn't God manifesting? Well, the problem is not God. Let me tell you, God is perfect in every way. The problem is us, that we're, we're shooting past where we're actually at so that we never actually receive. And then it's always God will do something and not that God is doing something. And I'm challenging you tonight that God is going to shake Claremont. Let's believe for a city to be shaken. Then we can talk about a nation to turn. Amen? Are you with me tonight? Are you ready to stir your faith? All right, step number one. This is what the Lord told me. In the realms of faith, learn to be specific. Actually figure out what you're believing for and then begin to ask the Lord for it. Be specific. If it's finances, you're going to ask for something specific. But it might not be finances because finances is one thing. But finances is the least of things, really, the Bible says. There are so many areas of your life that you're believing God for. Amen? So stick to something in faith. Why does that matter? Because things will come along the way as an enticement to draw you out of the realm of faith to receive a second-hand gift from the enemy to get you out of the place that God wants you in. You have got to be specific. If you're asking God for healing in your body, then don't ask God for halfway healing. Say the entire miracle is coming into my life. You with me right now? You believing for your Boaz ladies? Get specific, down to the hair color, and then be willing to be flexible. You were 12, babe. You grew up. You realize, God, there's some things I care about, but his hair color I don't care about. Just may he have hair. Activate your faith. Be single-minded. The Bible says in James 1, 6 through 8, Let him ask in faith nothing wavering. He that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You can fool man, you can fool preachers, but you can't fool God. He knows true faith from puff talk. He knows people that boast on things they don't have, and he knows people that have true faith. Tonight, I'm challenging you to get real faith. Come on. Faith that works. Faith like the grain of a mustard seed that you can speak under this tree. Be thou uprooted and cast into the sea, and that tree's gone. Let this mountain be moved. Are you with me right now? Be single-minded, unwavering. If you've been praying for something for 17 years and not seen it, it is not time to quit. It's time to dig in and say, this. I say that this year this thing's coming to pass. I've asked you for it. I've not wavered, God, and I call you in remembrance to your word. I have not been double-minded. I have stood upon the foundation of the rock, and that rock is everything to me, God. And so I'm standing on this word right now, and I declare you are the God that backs your word, so it shall be so in my life in Jesus' name. Stir it up. Come on. Stir it up. 
don't back off. And you know what happens? Religious people come around and tell you to change your mind. What did Job have? A bunch of moronic friends. We all have friends like Job. We've all been friends like Job's friends. I'll admit it. We've all said stupid things to people when they were standing in faith because we didn't have the same faith for what they were speaking out. So we opened our flap gate and we just sowed a bunch of doubt. Come on. And you've got to just understand, doubt is going to be thrown at you. The enemy is going to send it your way. But you have to be single-minded. I'm believing the Lord. And the Lord is faithful. He will bring forth. He will move upon His Word. His Word never returns void. And I'm asking according to this Word. Be single-minded. Talking about growing our faith. Well, you're never going to grow faith if you don't really get specific of what you're asking God for so that when He gives it to you, you stand in awe and realize this was the Lord. That's what grows your faith. When you see the faithfulness of God respond to what you've been asking God for. Amen? Who can testify the Lord has done that in you? And what happens? It surges you with like more faith. My gosh, it happened. My gosh, they're not just talking rubbish at church. This thing actually works. I have found the key. (laughs) It's a real key. Stick to it. Number two, sow towards it. Now this is important. This is where people have a hindrance sometimes. You want to believe God for something. The Bible says that seed time and harvest will be here as long as the earth remains. That sowing in the kingdom of God is the way to produce something. It's the way to multiplication. If you're not willing to sow towards something, then when why would you ever expect a harvest to come back in your life? Are you with me? It says, do not be deceived in Galatians 6. Do not be deceived, deluded, or misled in the Amplified, it says. For God will not allow himself to be sneered at, scorned, disdained, or mocked by mere pretensions or professions or by his precepts being set aside. Now this is strong words, but let me tell you something. People come in and they, they have a history of financial issues, let's say. The first thing you got to check yourself is, are you a tither? Because the Bible says if you're tithing, that God will rebuke the devourer. And he says, I will open the windows of heaven and I will pour out a blessing there is not room enough to receive. And you say, yeah, I'm not able to tithe right now. Well, if you don't step into the realm of faith to believe God and hold his word as truth, then you're going to stay at the place the enemy wants you at where you're always saying, in the future, I'm going to get my breakthrough. And would you agree with me that this thing happens? But the Bible says God will not be mocked at mere pretensions. It's like you either act on the word or you don't act on the word. You're either going to step into this and be a doer of the word or a hearer of the word. And that's what we're talking about. I think everybody in here is gathered under the one belief. We want action. We want belief. We want true faith and operation in our lives. We don't want the fake. We want the real. It says, what a man sows, that and that only is what he will reap. Now, the issue with this is, is we've all sown some junk in our lives. Sowed hurtful words. We sow doubting words. And so sometimes you're like, God, could you please stop the harvest (laughs) of some of the things I've sown in my life? That's grace. 
But in the realms of the supernatural faith of increase, take a leap of faith and step out in faith. There was a church we preached at years ago in, in, in Canada. And um, the number one giver in the church, the most financially prosperous person, was a woman that was a single mother. And she went through a really bad divorce, suffered a lot of verbal abuse, felt very low, very sad, and was struggling all the time to pay her bills. And the church was trying to help her. And one day they were reading Malachi chapter 3, and she just had a light bulb go off by the Lord. She was like, I'm always struggling, God, please help me. And the Lord said, what does Malachi 3 say? He says, if I tithe, you will open the windows of heaven and you will pour out a blessing and you will rebuke the devourer. He says, well, you're not doing that. She says, well, I can't afford it. And the Lord said, you can't afford not to. So she taps, single mother, can't pay her bills, hundreds of dollars short, decides right then and there, I'm going to be a tither because I'm already hundreds of dollars short per month. I'm just going to tithe what I got and it just puts me more in the hole. But the first month, God had increased her supernaturally to where every bill was paid. Within 12 months of the day that she started tithing, the Lord had given her a business into her lap. She'd started a staffing company and had risen up to be the number one financial supporter, bought a brand new house, top everything wonderful in her life because the Lord moves upon His Word. These are not suggestions. These are not lottery tickets. Come on, somebody. This is not a scratch and sniff to see if God's going to perform on His Word. This is actual fact, word from the Creator, that the Bible says He is not a man that He should lie. Let every man be a liar, but our God be true. Because it's impossible for God to lie. If He says it, by the power of His voice, it is created. So if you act upon it, it's going to pay off. That's faith. So towards it. Say, I'm believing God for my kids to be served, serving the Lord. Find someone in the church and start pouring into the children, pour in the children's church. Sow into another kid. And watch God get your 34-year-old kid in the middle of Topeka, Kansas on fire for God. Say, does that thing work? Of course it works. Sowing is a kingdom principle that the enemy would love to keep you blind to. Because he knows if you grab a hold of sowing and reaping that there is nothing he can do to stop the harvest from coming in your life. Say, I feel like I've been in a season of lack. Then start sowing and your reaping season will begin. And if you live a life of sowing, you will never step out of a season of reaping ever again in your life. The blessings will overtake you. It's not something that only happens in the springtime with the Lord. Amen. God's faithful. He's faithful, so towards it. You want to go in the ministry? Partner with ministers. Caleb Wampler was just here doing his crusade, his, his conference, was giving the testimony that he was working for a ministry, believing God to go out and do mass crusades. Him and his wife found six crusade evangelists and personally began to partner with them. And when he launched in the ministry, he did not stop supporting them because he said, I have to sow where I'm going to go. Are you grabbing this right now? So you look at people that tap into something in the kingdom of God and your mind wants to tell you that they just got lucky or someone else helped them out. Well, they just have someone that's helping them. Yeah, they do. It's a big, rich Jewish father. He's wealthy. He's ridiculously extravagant. Come on. There are cattle everywhere bow to him. Silver and gold comes up from the ground when he calls it. 
want to talk about something crazy. I love this testimony. I told my wife, I'm reading one time in Haggai, the silver and gold is the Lord's. So I tell my wife, we need to believe God for silver and gold because the Bible says it's the Lord's. And, you know, my wife, she's a woman of faith, but she's kind of like, okay, asking for silver and gold. So I'm, I'm now, I'm like linking hands. Father, we call in the silver and the gold. We call it in. She's like, yeah, we call in silver and gold. <laughs> One day I come in here to preach, and there's this purple box in my office. And I said, babe, what is that box? She said, I don't know. It was here when we got here. I said, well, what's in it? She's like, I don't know. So I go out here and I preach, have the service, load the box in the truck. It's heavy. I don't know what's in it. I open the card at home, just a little something to show you I'm thinking about you. Sign the Lord. So now I'm pretty intrigued. The first thing you got to understand is the Lord used someone to do this. So when God gives you some crazy thing to do, do it. Because it's cooler than you're ever going to think it is. It's like the old man that argued with his wife. We're buying two chickens. And she said, we don't need two chickens. He said, we're buying two chickens, woman. But we can't even eat one chicken. Buy two chickens. Goes out in the parking lot. The Lord says, give the chicken to this person. Walks up, gives the chicken. The person starts shouting hallelujah, turns to their wife and says, See, I told you, honey, that he made quail rain down from heaven. He'll make a chicken come to us. That's worth the chicken, isn't it? Bro, I'll buy a million chickens in, God. I want to live a life like that. Are you with me right now? So, so, so. And so I open it up. And there's, there's silver bars and there's gold coins. I don't even know what to do with it. I have it locked in a safe, and any time I think about it, warmth fills my heart. And I actually told her, at least you call in more silver and gold. I got a big fat gold coin given to me. I didn't even realize what it was. And then I put it with the rest of my gold stuff now. One day when the Lord comes back, I'm going to have a whole treasure chest of gold that I didn't even know what to do with. But it's worth it, right? Live a life of faith. Live a life of faith. A life of faith is a life of rewards because he says, without faith it's impossible to believe God or to please God. And those that believe must believe that God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Live a life of faith. Sowing where you're going. You're going to go into ministry? Sow into ministry. You're going to go into business? Sow into business. You know, I listen to, I listen to money books and audio books and stuff Psychology, money, I listen to a lot of stuff like that. And you'll actually find in the realms of millionaire thinking that they actually talk about this, of, of learning a lot of multimillionaires volunteered to work for successful people because they were actually investing in themselves and catching on to what this person carried. And then they turned and produced the exact same thing in their life. And a lot of people are sitting there, they don't even understand the realms of sowing and reaping. Stop looking for immediate gratification and start looking for something you can put your hand to now that will turn into a stream later that blesses your socks off. Amen. Not everything has to be instant. That's what the world teaches you. Isaac had to sow seed in the time of famine and then wait a little while for the hundredfold return with all the negative Nancys coming around. Right? And the doubting Dan's. Your name is Nancy or Dan. We believe that you're people of faith. You just happen to have 
first letter that goes well with that. Giving does something. The Bible says you can't serve two masters even. You know that? Because you will either cling to the one and hate the other. What's, well, a lot of people are clinging to the things of this world. And they don't realize it, but then they're despising the area of faith because they think it's going to cost them something. Instead of learning to let go the things of this world so that you can cling to the one that is a rewarder. And then the blessings will overtake you. We're talking about a faith exercise. And I'm not just talking about finances. We're talking about any area of your life. You want to go to another level. Start asking the Lord to help you uh, be a sower. In fact, this year, we went into this year. And I told my wife, we're going we're gonna to step, step personally, we're going to another realm of giving. And so I actually began to ask the Lord, there's people in here that I would call just as soon as the Lord laid on my heart. I'm going to give you $1,000. I'm going to send this to you. I'm going to give this to you. I'm buying you this. I've been crazy with it. I've just been just whatever I can give away, I'm going to give it away. You need it, I'm going to give it, give it, give it, give it. I'm looking for areas to get ridiculous personally. Say, why? Because I'm believing God for very big things. Because I have three daughters, and I want to see them look at my life and realize the best way to live my life is to live it madly and passionately in love with God and be a radical sower into the kingdom of God, and He will diligently reward me because I've seen it in manifestation. These are not words people shout. It's the reality of a born-again believer's life that operates in faith. Come on, things can turn around in a short amount of time when you step into faith. Come on. Hallelujah. God can call the dead back, roll the stone away. All it takes is a little bit of faith. God sowed a son to reap more sons. How did God build his kingdom? Think about it. How did God build his kingdom? By sowing. So how am I going to build the kingdom of God? By the same principle in my life. I'm going to sow. Sow towards the thing that God wants me to believe for. And I'm going to tap into something. Amen? Let me tell you a crazy testimony, actually. So when I was in Bible school, I, there was a person in Bible college that was dropping out of Bible college. And I believed that, I, I thought personally that they needed to be there. It was so strong in my heart, I felt if they don't stick it out, they're going to backslide and they're going to split hell wide open. Because it was that type of pull on them, you know. So here I am. I'm struggling. I don't have money. And so I went to the dean and I said, can I work at the church to pay my salary? And with the money that I work from my job, pay this person's salary. But I don't want you to tell them that I'm paying the salary. Tuition. Sorry. Sorry. Using the wrong word. Tuition. And they said, yeah, we'll do that. So I work at the church for free. As a, as a way to pay my tuition. So I'm putting in 15 hours a week that they're basically not paying me but applying it to tuition. And then I'm working 40 hours a week at a job to get enough money to pay all my bills and pay someone else's tuition. And I did this for an entire year. And at the end of that year, of course, the person stuck it out. You know, they've gone through ups and downs, but ultimately they're at a place right now where they're on fire for the Lord. And what happened was, I went from Bible college, just so you understand, it was $2,200 for the year's tuition at that time. So we're not talking vast amounts of money. But $2,200 to me at the time was a decent amount of money. You know what I'm saying? 
So it wasn't like easy. I did it all year. I went to Oral Roberts University. Oral Roberts University was $45,000 a year. I paid for the first year, and I was dropping out because I couldn't get a loan to keep going to school there. And plus, I didn't want to have $120,000 in debt after I graduated. And someone stepped up and paid my tuition for two years. <laughs> Sowing will take you places, people. When you get seed in the ground, the beauty of it is, is you don't even know what's coming down the pike. But if you grab a hold of sowing, I didn't even yet know I was going to Oral Roberts University. And I definitely didn't know it was that expensive. I said yes to the Lord and then looked at the price and I was like, what is this school? <laughs> I, I come again? Choose to be a giver and watch yourself live from that generosity. Proverbs eleven twenty four 24 says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper, but those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. That's powerful right there. He's got it in the Amplified there. I got it in the New Living. It's okay. Thirdly. Oh, number one, activate your faith for something specific in your life. Number two, sow towards it. We're talking about building our faith strong. Amen? Number three, agree with someone that it is already yours. There's power in agreement, the Bible says. So what is that? That's like watering. What did Paul say? One man sows, one man waters, another man reaps. When we come in agreement with people of faith around us, it's like we are watering the seed in the ground. Come on. Now, I'm not talking about faith with hints. Because some people are like, they actually go to the person that they think is going to give them what they're believing God for and then ask them to come in agreement. Just agree with me, uh, Thatcher, that your shoes would fit me. And you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not what we're talking about. There's people that do that, and they cut themselves off from the blessing of God. Because number one, God is your source. Amen? But come in agreement. If you're married... Come in agreement with your wife or husband. And when you come in agreement, that's actually a vocal agreement. Say vocal. vocal. All right, you with me? So that means you have to open your mouth and speak this thing out. You have to hold hands, look each other in the eye, speak sweet somethings to each other, and then say we come in agreement right now that we will have everything we've been sowing towards. Amen, 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 amen. And then when you start opening your mouth and digging up your seed, your spouse comes and says, shut up. And gives you a Holy Ghost slap. Amen. Who in here has had a Holy Ghost slap before? Amen. Brecken was really quick with that. Good to know the Gibsons keep you in line, brother. <laughs> Matthew 18, 18 through 20 says, Verily I say unto you, whatsoever... You shall bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus. I feel this right now. There's power in agreement. 
you're single, get a good friend and learn to get an agreement. If you're totally living in Antarctica and no one at all is around for you to get an agreement with, get an agreement with the Word. And when the Spirit of God on the inside, they will bear witness with you. You will be two or three gathered in the midst, and it, He will be right there with you. Got to come in agreement. Come on, somebody. Unity is a breakthrough tool that the body of Christ has got to function in. Why is this important? I'm so glad you asked. Now, like I said, this is not really preaching. This is something that I've done personally since I was in Bible college. The Lord gave me these steps. Because I asked the Lord... Teach me to have great faith. The first thing the Lord said is he said, well, what is great faith? I said, it's being full of faith. And the Lord said, so it's faithful. I said, I get what you're saying, God. You have to be faithful to have great faith. You bounce here and there and run every which way. And you're up this day, down the next day. Then you're double-minded in all of your ways and you're unstable. But you come in agreement with the word of God. You operate in faith, you begin to grow supernaturally. Why agreement matters is because when you ask someone to come in agreement with you and you're asking God for something, when God does that something, there is a witness on earth that will point to the Father above and say, I was with you that day we came in agreement. And it doesn't build your faith alone. It builds their faith too. And it goes from something you could take credit for is something you have to give a testimony about because there is a witness that you didn't produce this on your own. Are you with me right now? Somebody give God some praise. Listen, it is so important for you to realize oftentimes when the Lord gives you the breakthrough you're asking for, it is the last way that you would have chosen for God to do it. Truthfully, when I was in Bible school, I was suffering one time. I was broke. Everything turning loose. I'm about to lose my truck. And I'm crying out to the Lord. I'd been giving radically. And my dad calls me and says, I'm sending $550 to you. And I was mad. I said, "That no, I don't want it. I'm believing God for it, Dad. My dad flat rebuked me. Who are you to choose the vessel that God uses? I told you the Lord told me to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. And I felt like a little string bean. Thank God for a good father that knew how to put me in my place. See, the key is, is that God will oftentimes bless your socks off and the world thinks it'll puff you up, but the way God does it actually humbles you. You actually get more, it's like you're humbled by the blessing of God. You stand in awe and you're like, I could not achieve this. I don't even know how to receive this. This is over the top. This is unbelievable, God. You're, you're better than I said you were. You start looking for the dictionary to see synonyms for great. So you can have another word because you've ran through majestic, splendid, spectacular, supernatural, wonderful, glorious, terrific. And you're like, what's another word? Magnanimous. I don't know if that's even a word. Magnanimous. Thank you, babe. Agree with someone that it's yours. Mark 10, 29, 30 says, Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you that there is no man that has left house or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels, but they shall receive a hundredfold now. Say now. now. Come on, say it with authority. A hundredfold now in this life. 
This time, houses, brethren, sisters, mothers, and children, and lands with persecution and in the world to come, eternal life. Someone says, what does that mean? It means that you better grab a hold of the fact that God is a ridiculous blesser and the blessings start now, not just in heaven. Come on, somebody. Why is God this way? Because he's good. Come on, because he's great. Because he's a giver. And because he's a rewarder of those that seek after him. Faith is something that you've got to decide in your life to posture yourself to grow in. So you begin to operate at a greater level. To where one time, and remember what I said when Pastor Rodney was here, and he was like, he said, I'm giving $100,000 to this church. I, the staff can witness. We have been asking God to take us. We had said, Lord, it's time to go to six-figure faith. And I know people have a hindrance to that, but it's like we had just never touched that before. So we're like, God, we're asking as a faith, as, as a staff, that you would take this ministry to another level. Because once you hit that glass ceiling and break it open, that glass ceiling becomes your floor. And then you're operating with the faith, that the same faith it took to believe to break that. Now you're going to break another ceiling and another ceiling and another ceiling and another ceiling. And the kingdom of God is meant to increase generation to generation. We were never meant to lose ground. We were meant to take ground every single generation. But something happened where people stopped operating in faith. But this generation will not be that way. This generation is a generation of faith to break past every barrier and lay hold of heaven and tap into something supernatural. If that's you, say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Now, the la this number four, and there's, a, there's about six steps. So number four, this is my favorite one. And this one is a very important one. You've got to lay hold of it. After you come in agreement with someone, you've got to continuously speak it out. Speak it out, 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 speak it out. And when you think you've said it enough, keep saying it longer. Come on, somebody. Keep speaking it out. The Bible says, whatsoever you shall say unto this mountain you got to say things. you got to open your mouth and declare things out. Speaking has supernatural authority. It's something about it. It's the way that everything was created. When you begin to speak things out, you actually have the power from within to speak things out and begin to change your own mind. Because your mind wants to doubt God sometimes. And so the more you speak it out, the more you're actually renewing your mind because you're declaring the word out loud and declaring what you're believing God for. And something happens when you speak things out. Speak it out. Get loud. Stir yourself up. Too many people pray like this. Too many people are like, I have a prayer request that can't be spoken. What you're saying is you're going to stay in a perpetual state of not receiving. And I said it because you've got to ask. What did Jesus say? Hitherto you've asked nothing. Ask that you might receive and then your joy will be full. Why is your joy full? Because you finally got what you were believing for. Because you finally opened your mouth and you finally asked God for it out loud. And there was witnesses around. They were like, Caleb went crazy and he declared something. And then the Lord did it and everybody's like, yay. Believe for it. Believe for it. What did God do in the Old Testament? It says he never did anything except he first revealed it to his prophets. Because he was going to speak out what he was going to do. 
He's going to declare it for everybody to hear. This is what the Lord has to say. This is what I will do. Come on. Sometimes you got to open your mouth up. Sometimes you got to speak it out. Sometimes you got to get yourself in where you're bold enough to start shouting it out. When we first moved here, we were up against every storm you can imagine. My gosh, it was a deluge from hell. I stopped wanting to answer my phone because it was just always bad news. And you're like, God, did I anger you? But you know what I'd do? I would, every time I felt discouraged and I was at the house that we were in, I would walk around my pool and I would pray out loud. And I mean, I'd get loud, you know what I'm saying? Because I, I thought I'm alone, I'm at my pool. And I'd be like, Father, I bind every devil of hell. I loose the forces of heaven. I declare supernatural favor, supernatural wisdom. I speak that this thing coming against us right now is not going to succeed. That the overflow of heaven will find you are the way maker. I glorify and I would just stir myself up. And I did this all the time because I'm facing so much. And after a little while, I began to realize that my neighbor's pool is right there. And as I'm walking circles around my pool declaring things out loud, he would always be out there doing his lawn. And I began to realize that he actually would sit there and trim the same bush over and over as I'm doing paces. It's like he was like, like not moving. Probably because he's never witnessed someone to be that bold out loud. But I'm telling you, this world is about to see some bold believers that declare so mighty things. And then they lay hold of it and see it pulled down into this earth. If that's you, shout amen. Hallelujah. Man, people love it. The world looks for people of faith. Because it breaks oppression off of them. True faith shatters strongholds in their mind. It's like they didn't even realize they were living a life in blinders till they meet someone of faith. And then their blinders come off. And they're like, you mean to tell me that that's how people live? It's how we live. Crazy, ridiculous faith that we laugh at death and destruction. That when the enemy comes like a flood, we stand like a standard. Say, not today, Satan. No. Oh, you're planning something bad? That means God's going to increase me. You learn to operate in the opposite spirit. You learn to just start boasting crazy things out. Come on. You tried to break my body with sickness? I'm going to get healthier than I've ever lived. I'm going to live an extra five years. And in those five years, I'm going to win 100,000 people to the Lord. Because you picked on me, devil. I'm tapping a hold of divine health and divine healing. And I will live a long life. I will declare the wonders of God. You touch my kid, I'm going to save 100,000 more kids. Come on. Come on. Stir it up on the inside of you. We're not the ones on the defense. We're the ones that the enemy is stark terror afraid of. He wants to shut your mouth down because if he can shut your mouth down, he can stop the kingdom. But when the mouth speaks, the kingdom moves. And it moves forward. Jeez, verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he what? Saith shall come to pass. He will have whatsoever he saith. 
Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you shall receive them and you shall have them. Ooh, I feel faith rising in this place right now. Come on. May we go to another level. Father, may the gift of faith be released in this house. May, uh, may we operate in a realm we've not operated in before. May this week be a week of divine miracles and supernatural explosions, God. Come on. Come on. You've been believing God for something. Take a little while and water that seed right now. Come on. Speak it out. I feel faith in this place. Boast a little while on the goodness of our Father. Boast a little while on the power of the resurrection of Christ. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. He's mighty. He's strong. He's bigger still. He can do it. He can do it. He's doing it right now. Whatsoever you say, whatsoever you say, we say Claremont will be shaken by the hand of God. This city will be known as the city of the Holy Ghost. This city will be known as the place where an outpouring of God erupted that shook the state of Florida. This city will be known as a place where the sick go to get made well. Jesus. Well, what can I believe God for? Beloved, I believe that you are prospering in every way. You can believe God for every way in your life to be supernaturally infused with the glory of God. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Faith, faith. Faith is not an identification of I'm a Christian or a Muslim. What type of faith am I? That's what the world labels faith. Faith is a supernatural ability to lay hold of something in the unseen realm and pull it into the seen realm. Faith is the divine providence of God marked on the inside of a believer that speaks things out and God responds to that. And in the realms of faith, Nothing is impossible. Because the Bible says nothing is impossible for God and nothing is impossible for those who believe. Do you believe it? Shout amen. amen. I believe it. I believe that you're here tonight and you are of that caliber. You're a special person. Special in the eyes of the Almighty. Maybe your life has been somewhat mundane up till now, but it's about to get over the top. Extravagant is too small of a word. Come on. Glorious, unbelievable. I mean, people's jaws will drop when you begin to tell them what the Lord is doing in your life. You're going to be a person that breaks heaviness off of people. And it's not because you're praying loud. It's because you're just boasting and testifying of what you're actually living like at right now. Because it is operating in your life and through your life. Because it is real. It is real. It is real. It is real. It's real. Right now, hey, ba 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 ta. 
Jesus, Jesus. Oh, so good. You're so good. You're so good. You're so good. You're mighty. You're mighty. You're mighty. You're mighty. You're mighty. Come on, let him fill your faith tank up. Come on, let him fill your faith tank up. Faith 2.0, 3.0, 4 3.0, 5.0, 100.0. We're flexing our faith muscles. You're going to another level this year. And I, I'm not saying that is in the religious jargon. I mean actual fact, genuine another level of faith. What used to take you a week to call in, you're going to call in in five minutes. You're going to see an acceleration of it. You're going to see an acceleration of things. Jesus The next step is binding the enemy. Someone says, is this true? Is this important? It is. Jesus actually took the time to say that you've got to bind the strong man to plunder his house. The Bible declares that he's the prince of the air and the, and the ruler of this age. That the enemy sets up kingdoms on this earth. and It's a dark kingdom, a kingdom of darkness and wickedness, betrayal and destruction. Meant hell bent to destroy you and to hold you captive where you're at. But when you open your mouth and you call him out and you bind him, he is bound. For the authority that Christ has given you is the authority to tie up the strong man and enter into his domain and plunder whatever you want to plunder. It's time to go back to the enemy's camp and take back what he stole from you. Come on. I felt that right there. The Bible says anything he's taken from you, he has to repay sevenfold. What? We're talking multiplication. We're talking increase. We're talking supernatural. We're talking open your mouth and speak these things out. I bind hell from my life. You have no access to my household. You have no access to my mind. You have no access to my children. You have no access to my bank account. You have no access to my body. You have no access. You are denied. You are bound. You are cast out. You are thrown from me. Get thee out of my life. Woo! Ah! People walking around giving sermons about spiritual warfare and how you got to gear up for the devil. What are you going to gear up with? You put on the things that Christ has given you. You stand strong in the word and you open your mouth. And with the power that Christ has given you, you speak out. You have no power in my life. 
I don't need leotards. I don't need flags. Christ is my flag. He's Jehovah Nisi, my banner of victory. He is flying over my house, and the blood is on my doorpost, and you have no access, and you are denied. Breakthrough. Breakthrough. Jesus. And after you bind the enemy, then you loose the forces of heaven. Bible says he's given you ministering spirits sent forth. They are angels. They are strong. They are mighty. And they have been ordered and assigned to follow you all the days of your life. The psalmist said, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You start speaking these things out. Angelic forces, you are loose to go and shake the trees and shake things loose and break shackles off. I loose you in my household to bring peace, to bring divine providence. You are in my house. You are you are You are warring angels set encamped about me so that no fiery dart can come and find a way in. No evil thing can touch us. Because the angels of God surround us. Hebrews 1.14, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Oh, you're a joint heir with Christ Jesus. You get this, you are a joint heir, joint heir. You know what that means? You know what that means? He has been seated at the right hand of the Father, exalted forevermore. The Bible says all glory, all power, all honor has been given unto him. And he said about you, I will make you a joint heir with my chosen son. Jesus said, do you not know that I could call forth the legion of angels at any given moment? Do you know who you are? God do you know because I'm telling you the hell knows who you are but it's time that you know who you are too I feel fire I feel faith I feel wind I feel glory I feel oil I feel drunk It's a miracle I'm upright. I've been feeling it and speaking it out so much lately, but I'm going to speak it again. There are people, it's like you've been stuck at a place in life. Things have recurred, cycles go on and on in your life. I've been asking the Lord to break these cycles. Tonight, these, these cycles are being broken off of your life. You no longer know days of setbacks. These are things of the past because scripturally, the Bible doesn't actually say to expect seasons of drought. It says you go from glory to glory and faith to faith. See, when you were in the world, you could expect that the things of the world would affect you. 
But now that you're in a different kingdom, you're in this world, but you're not of this world. And this world can have its seasons of setbacks and regrets and recessions, but you are not a partaker of those things because you go from glory to glory and faith to faith, level after level, increase after increase, reward after reward, blessing after blessing. There is not a lid on your life anymore there are no limits there are no boundaries thanks for listening to the river claremont podcast if you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of jesus you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com your prayers and financial support are changing lives